what these guys are doing are now are performance enhancing. Is it coincidence that Garrett Cole's spin rate numbers went down yesterday after four minor leagues get suspended for 10 games? In, in regards to Josh specifically, I mean, in my, I mean, I kind of felt it was a bit of low-hanging fruit, but he's entitled to his opinion and, uh, you know, to voice his opinion. You want to talk? Try talking with a broken rib. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 47 of All In With Kevin. I am your host. Kevin Lewis. In today's episode, I'm going to speak about the spider tack slash doctoring baseballs issue in Major League Baseball. Um, Garrett Cole seems to be at the forefront of that at this point. I'm going to speak about that. I'm going to speak a little bit about the NBA playoffs and a little bit about the Yankees. Um, so I'll start with the, with, with the spider tack issue. Look, I, I don't take the kind of umbrage with cheating that a typical baseball fan does. Even with, like, as, as much as I do not like the Houston Astros, and, and I mean, it, it's not so much them, it's their fans, and I'll get into that a little bit in a second here. Um, I never was outraged by their cheating. Look, did they take it too far? Yes. Like, that can't be disputed. There, it's one thing to look at somebody else's test paper because that's basically what everybody does. Like everybody steals signs to some degree. To, to to what degree we they all steal signs? We don't know. We only know that Houston was quite frankly dumb enough and brazen enough to get caught. Right. That's that, that's all we know. But um, everybody steals signs to some degree. But there's a difference between looking at somebody's test paper, which a lot of us have done. Let's call it what it is looking at somebody's test paper and then hacking into the system to get the answers or to get the, to get the test. Like there's a difference. Like, yes, both are cheating, both are wrong. Nobody's disputing that, but there's cheating that people will look, they will look past. Let's call it what it is, especially in baseball. Everybody cheats in baseball. Everybody been cheating in baseball. We'll look past, you know, certain sign stealing schemes and then you know obviously I'm, I'm pretty sure you know um a lot of teams had sign stealing schemes that were trying to work around the rules and they were trying to bend the rules and see what works and what doesn't work and so on and so forth so everybody cheats ultimately I, i'm not going to sit here and be outraged about the cheating i was never outraged about the astros cheating the, the Astros fans acting like they're victims and the team is victims was always driven me insane because look, your team took it too far. Not one single person has said that the Astros are the only team that cheats. Nobody is that stupid. Well, well let me rephrase that. Nobody with any kind of good sense is that stupid. Yeah, we don't like the Astros. Okay, cool. I, I don't, I don't, I don't take them as personally as other people do. Yeah, we don't like the Astros. Okay, cool. But nobody has said that they're the only team that cheats. And that's another reason I can't sit there and talk big and bad about the Astros. I know my team cheats, bro. Every good team in baseball cheats to some degree. What degree? I don't know. I ain't there. But everybody cheats to some degree. It's just the, the type of cheating that you can look past. Everybody cheats to some degree. I know the Yankees cheat. And, and quite frankly, maybe this is an unpopular opinion. I, I, I'm, I'm okay with them cheating. Like, Go ahead. Like to me, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Especially in baseball, this ain't the NBA where it's a, it's a make or miss league. Like, yes, that's oversimplifying it, but you get my point. If you can't make shots, it don't matter how much you're fucking cheating. You know what I'm saying? Like, it does not matter. Baseball, obviously, you do the little things to get an advantage. 
So yes, I hope I damn sure hope my team is cheating. Like obviously, just don't don't do nothing dumb enough to to to, to get caught and have have us out here looking stupid. Fine, but everybody cheats, so I can't sit there and and you know huff and puff and blow the house down over the fucking Astros cheating because everybody cheats. But um, that that topic, the, the 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 topic of cheating generally, anyway, it came back this week because um Garrett Cole is in is in the news because um. The MLB is trying to crack down on the use of foreign um, pitchers using foreign substances. Um, I feel like this is convenient, conveniently timed with a potential CBA battle coming into offseason, but that's neither here nor there. Also, I, I, I thought Pete Alonso made a good point where, uh, made an interesting point where he said the, the balls are doctored based on what the free agent market looks like. He said in 2019, a, a lot of pitchers were, were going to be free agents, so they juiced the balls. <laughs> and now this year, a lot of hitters are going to be free agents, so they, they de-juiced them, if you want to call it that. I, I found that to be pretty interesting. But, yeah, Garrett, Garrett, um, Garrett Cole seems to be the face of the spider tax slash foreign substance, substances issue. Is that necessarily fair? No, but I will say a comment that CC Sabathi made on R2C2 podcast may um maybe kind of change my mind a little bit because i mean i just went on a spiel about how you know everybody cheats who cares and all that and blah 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 and i mean to 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 an extent that is true but cc said you know he he still talks to people in baseball now and the spider tax stuff is not just your typical doctoring of baseballs that everybody does like he a select few at least that's how he made it come across with the people he's talking to. A select few do that because a lot of these people don't even know what the fuck it is. So if that's the case, then you, you, I can't sit here and then talk shit about the Astros being a cut above the rest as far as cheating because they're doing the most. And then and then say, well, it's no big deal that, that Garrett Cole is doing shit that a lot of, a lot of other people don't. Cause, because, of course, it matters. Like, is he a cheater based on what we know? Yes. That can't be disputed. He absolutely is a fucking cheater. Like, am I going to sit here and bemoan the point? No, because as I said before, everybody fucking cheats. Now, his spin rate went down oh, over um, the first start since the, they started cracking down or allegedly cracking down. Like, his spin rate went down. And, like, not big enough for it to be an actual issue, but enough for people to notice it, right? So that that became a thing. And then Josh Donaldson mentioned him directly by name, which sent everybody into a tizzy. And I don't even know why, but he mentioned him directly by name when talking about that issue um, prior to the Yankees twin series this past week. And you have people like, how dare he mention him? Why would he mention Kerry Cole by name? And, and you had Michael K's stupid ass get, 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 get it on the radio telling him, well, pff, if it was me, I would throw at him or whatever, whatever, the, whatever the fuck he said. Like, uh, I, would, I, I would throw, I would throw a ball at his ribs and, and let's see how much he could talk after that, that, that dumb shit. But people were mad at Josh Donaldson and it was like, well, number one, Josh Donaldson is a hitter in the league. Uh, number two, Garrett Cole is the best pitcher in baseball who has been who has been linked to this stuff. Like he was linked to somebody in California. Like they have emails to, um, from Garrett Cole telling, "Oh, let's get the sticky. Uh, let me get some of the sticky stuff." 
Um, and then and then you had his uh, his poorly thought out answer this week when they asked him about it in the presser where he clearly wasn't fucking prepared. So like we, we have things on we have things on record for Garrett Cole. It's not some wild accusation. He's a hitter in the league. He's about to face Garrett Cole. They asked him a question about this. And again, Garrett Cole got paid like got paid three hundred twenty four million dollars just two years ago based on a sudden improvement in Houston. So why shouldn't he mention him by name is the question. Like it, it, it's one thing if he, if he said or implied that it's just a Garrett Cole issue, and not just and 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 not everybody else. Garrett Cole happened to be the best example, and we had a a, a sample, a, a one start sample granted, super small, but a one start sample where his spin rate was down enough to notice a difference. I'm sure if if they had had the same interview three four weeks from now. Josh Donaldson probably gives you a different answer. Maybe he includes more names. Maybe he doesn't include any names. And he just says all of those guys or something along those lines. But if Garrett Cole wasn't fucking cheating, Josh Donaldson wouldn't need to name drop anybody. <laughs> it's really simple here. Like, if he wasn't cheating, Josh Donaldson would not need feel the need to name check him. Like, as I said, if he, if he, if he said... Or or implied that hey this this is just a Garrett Cole issue and, and, and hey man it's bullshit that Garrett Cole is is um the the poster boy for this it's bullshit it's absolutely bullshit because he he damn sure is not the only one doing it he, and he's not even the only one doing it to that level we can't even say that uh, like about the Astros like everybody cheats blah blah but but like they if other people were doing it to to the to the heights that they were we we would have known by now. Like nobody has any reason to, to um to down the Astros, which which is what makes their fans stick so fucking annoying. Like nobody's after you. You're not relevant enough for that. And what and and what do people have to gain from besmirching the 2017 Astros championship? What do people have to gain? Nobody gives a fuck that y'all won like that. Like the Astros are not that relevant. Like yes, most of us hate them now. Okay, cool. We get that part. But generally speaking, they're just not that fucking relevant. But either way, it's bullshit that that Cole is um, seemingly the poster boy for it. Even if at this rate he looks like a fucking cheater, am I am I going to sit here and kill the man for it? No, because ultimately, look, I, I'm sure leaving Pittsburgh. I, I I mean, I'm just assuming that all this started in Houston. I'm just gonna assume. I could be wrong, but I feel like it's a pretty new thing anyway, and it's a logical conclusion to draw with an org- a, a cutting edge, let's call them that, organization in Houston, that he probably discovered the stuff there. I think that's probably a fair conclusion to draw, right? And the goal for most professional athletes is, you know, kind of falls into one of the two things, win a lot or get paid a lot. If you could get both, great. That's fantastic. Um, I'm sure one of Garrett Cole's goals was to get paid a lot. Like he he left Pittsburgh, he got traded from Pittsburgh, and he had two years left on his deal. He had to do something to get a mega deal, and he did, and he got that mega deal. So I don't blame him for cheating. 
I don't blame him for cheating. I mean, I, I think some of the discourse around the steroid users from yesteryear, I mean, I say yesteryear, like Barry Bonds didn't play in, in the literal 2000s, but you know what I mean? Like, I think some of the discourse around them is stupid because if everybody else is using, why shouldn't you? That's not my business. Look, they claimed it was illegal, claimed, but they didn't dissuade anybody from doing it. <laughs> so if, if you're not going to test for it, and I see insert player here, insert player here, insert player here, all of these other players, you know, the Pudge Rodriguez's of the world, the Mike Piazza's of the world, I guess. And I'm not saying those guys are using ster- use steroids, even though, I mean, we have proof with Pudge, but I'm just giving names of other, other great players at that point. And you see all of these dudes using and, and getting the, the, the whatever dr- um, drug-related boost in their performance, you're going to want to do the same too because ultimately, yo, them doing that affects your money. Because if other people are passing you by across the league, that affects what you get paid. So, I've always found the conversation around steroid users to be ridiculous and... I'm not comparing Cole directly to them because, as I said earlier, we don't know how many people are going to the lengths that Cole apparently is going. We don't know that. So until I have more, I can't really speak too far into comparing Cole to other people and what what Cole is doing compared to other current players. I can't I can't do all of that. But based on what CC Sabathia was tell, was saying on his podcast. It sounds like Cole is kind of in the minority as far as how far he's going with the doctoring of the baseballs. But, hey man, look, cheating has been going on for a long time in baseball, man. Like, you you had people uh, doctoring the fields, you, you know, um, putting too much water on the fields or whatever to, to stop base runners. You know, you had Whitey Ford with, with the mud balls. You had what what the um you you had spitballs you've had a lot of different fucking cheating scandals in baseball a lot of them a lot i can't fix my mouth and my face to say anything outraged about insert x player cheating or insert y team cheat i i just can't like i wish astros fans would shut the fuck up but this whole time, I've just I've been over the topic because it's like, bro, the Astros are not the first team to cheat, and they're not gonna be the last one to cheat. Yes, they went far. Yes, they went too far. Understood. To me, they look they look like a bunch of chumps with with the lengths that they were willing to go. But they got a championship out of it, and some guys in that team got paid out of it, and their punishment really didn't fit the crime. I'm not sure what exactly they should have done, but. That, that you lose, whatever, $2 million of international pool money, whatever it was, and you lose a couple of draft picks, like, that ain't doing nothing. Because, I mean, if, if, if you're the Pirates, why wouldn't you do the same? The Pirates ain't, the Pirates can't even beat their own collective meat. If you're not the, if you're the Pirates, why wouldn't you do the same shit? Granted, obviously, they need the players to execute it. Like, fair or not, they need the players to execute it. But let's say some somewhere down the road, they start to actually draft like they have some sense, and they start to develop players like they have some sense. Why wouldn't they do that? Like you telling me you could trade whatever two million dollars of, of international pool money and a couple draft picks for a championship? Why not? That's a lifetime memory. No matter what we say, no matter no matter what anybody says about the Astros, 
or the Astros fans, they have a lifetime memory. You cannot take 2017 away from them. Yeah, you could needle them about it. You could give them the blues about it. You could say whatever you want. But them Astros fans who went to that parade and they got pictures from the parade and they got videos from the parade, that those memories, they, you can't take that away from them regardless. But it, it just... Cheaters gonna cheat. Your favorite team probably doesn't, unless they're the Pirates or the Royals or the Tigers or one of them bum ass teams who who stink and can't beat nobody. Yeah, them teams don't. Them teams don't cheat. Yeah, they don't cheat. I I hope they don't cheat because if you cheating and you still that bad, then what are we doing here? Like, if, imagine if the Pirates cheated and they still suck that bad. Then, then what's the point? Why bother? Seriously, why bother? So, I mean, that's that as far as I think I'm all talked out as far as the cheating. So, I will transition to now talk about the the second round of the NBA playoffs. Um, these games have kind of been a bore. Like, the the, the games themselves just haven't been that competitive. Because, I mean, the, the Jazz series, the Jazz Clippers series, like, one of those games has been a good one. The Bucks Nets series, none of those games have been good. Yes, I know game three game down to came came down to the wire, but I'll I'll get more into that. I'll get into that more in a second. Um the the Suns Nuggets series, the, the Suns have just dog walked them the entire series. And then the Sixers Hawks series, game one, I guess the, the, the last three minutes where the Hawks were throwing the ball all over the fucking yard, that was pretty good. But ultimately that that, that series hasn't been that great either. But I'll start with the, the, the Nets and Bucks series. Why are we supposed to take the Bucks series? I know I said on this podcast that I thought they had a really good chance of winning a championship. I can't remember the episode. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna old takes expose myself. But I remember saying that. Because I thought they had finally turned a corner and I thought that Coach Budaholz was gonna coach like he had some fucking sense. But here we are. It's it's playoff time again and the 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 um, the starters aren't getting enough minutes. Giannis not getting enough minutes. Middleton's not getting enough minutes. And Brooke Lopez getting too many fucking minutes. Instead of using Giannis as a center at, at the center spot, which, quite frankly, number one, he is a fucking center. I guess everybody realizes this except everybody in Wisconsin. Like Giannis is a fucking center. He should be used as such. And br- br- drop coverage is not going to work against the Nets. Like you're giving Kyrie walk-in jump shots. What are you doing? You're giving KD walk-in jump, walk-up jump shots. What are you doing? Hey, you might not be able to stop them anyway. They're that good. I understand that. But if you're gonna give them like five feet worth of a head start to to jump to to lean into their jump shots, they they really not gonna be stopped at that point. And that's no offense to Brook Lopez. He's a perfectly nice player. And I'm not saying he should play zero minutes either. He should be playing ten to twelve minutes a night in this series. Preferably when, when, when one of KD or Kyrie is off the fucking floor. Because they're running him ragged in pick and rolls because he's too fucking slow. He's too, he's too, he's too slow to do anything but drop. And then when you drop, you're giving these guys an unreal amount of space. And you can't give those guys that kind of space. Then, but then you have Giannis. And as much as, yeah, Coach Bud is bad. Like he's ba- he's a bad playoff coach. I can't believe he's won Coach of the Year twice. But I- I'm not going to sit here and spend the next half an hour killing Coach Bud. So I leave him alone for now. Um, Giannis taking all them damn threes. That's not about Coach Bud. That's about Giannis. 
we could call it what it is. That's about Giannis. Now, I do think there's something to be said for a coach reigning, reigning somebody like that in. Because, I mean, Russell Westbrook played with Scott Brooks. And, and you could tell that Scott Brooks can't tell him shit. Back in OKC, you couldn't tell him shit. Now in DC, you can't tell him shit. Hence why he fires up all them fucking threes despite shooting 30% from three. Scott Brooks can't tell him a damn thing. He goes to Houston. Mike D'Antoni somehow gets him to stop shooting threes, which he, he to this, I don't, I don't know if it was just D'Antoni, to be fair. Whoever, whoever was involved in the process of getting Russ to stop fucking shooting threes deserves Nobel Peace Prizes, period. Because Russ is so much more effective when he decides to attack the fucking basket. And, and if he, if he can't get all the way to the rim, take the mid range. That's fine for you. It's not a great shot, but it's fine. It will work. Like take taking six, seven, eight threes a game and shooting twenty nine percent is not gonna hurt. It's not gonna help anybody except the opponent. It's not. And Giannis is doing exactly that. He's like three for thirty seven from three in the playoffs. And there was a quote from him that I heard from Mark Jones in the Clippers Jazz game three, where he's like, um. You know, I'll, I'll I'll take threes if the, if the defense dictates that I, that I do so, uh, bro. They want you to do that. That's that, that's exactly why they're leaving you wide the fuck open. Let it ride. The Nets can't the Nets can't really stop Giannis in the paint. Now they they, they get the occasional stop. You know, Blake Griffin's been pretty good on defense in the series. I got to give him that. The Claxton, um, Nick Claxton. You know, he he has long arms. He has good length. He can bother him a little bit when he gets in the paint. But for the most part, they don't have an answer for him in the paint, which makes it even more fucking puzzling that he's sitting here shooting threes. That's not his game. And the Bucks have Giannis at the top of the fucking key, like he's LeBron, and navigating. It's like, that's not his game. He's a fucking center. He does not have wiggle like that. He does not have shake like that. He does not have sauce. He's not a one-on-one guy. Get his ass in the post. And you know, I don't normally say that shit about people because I don't really like watching post play. Like, uh, I'm not 10 years old anymore. So, but get his ass in the post. Regardless of my entertainment, get his ass in the post. He is supposed to be a five. Only him and the entire city of Milwaukee somehow don't realize this by now. But um, that win in game three by the Bucks, I feel like that was a, that, that was, that was to avoid the actual sweep and they're just going to get gentlemen swept instead. The Nets, the Nets are just better than them, and the 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 Bucks are poorly coached. Like the Nets played their work. The, the Nets tried to give the Bucks that game for forty eight fucking minutes, and the Bucks were like, "Oh no, we don't want it." And then then Kevin Durant came down the stretch and and, and wanted to take the game from them, and then the the Bucks, I guess, responded. Even though Bruce Brown decided to to, to that he was the captain now down the stretch for some fucking reason uh, that we that we are not aware of. It was, uh, there was nothing impressive. No victories bad. Please don't get me twisted. But if you, whatever amount of confidence you had in the Bucks before the game, whether it's 50%, 80%, 10%, 1%, I, I don't think it moved based on their, on that actual win. It might have gone down because for me, I thought that series was done the minute they lost game one. With Harden out and they lost in that kind of fashion, I thought the series was fucking over. Game two didn't do anything to dissuade that opinion, and game three didn't do anything to dissuade that opinion either. So, so I think the Nets win that in five. So the other East series, I mentioned on this podcast, um, 
when I was doing my uh, second round preview that Doc Rivers is probably going to have Danny Green on Trey Young too much in game one. And that for some reason, when you have Matisse Thibault and you have Ben Simmons, he's going to have Danny Green on him too much. That's exactly what happened in game one. The Hawks ran rough shot and won. Granted, they tr- they tried their best to give the fucking game away. Oh my God, that was one of the most charitable displays of offense that I've ever seen in my entire life. It was just turnover, 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 turnover. It was like, golly, just give it up, huh? But um, yeah, that once Doc, once Doc has um put Ben Simmons on him primarily. The Hawks been getting the asses kicked. Now, it's not that simple. Like, I mean, the Sixers are just a very good fucking team. And Tobias is playing at a high level. Seth Curry is playing at a high level. Embiid is Embiid. And everything is going for them. But once they put Simmons on Trey Young, and then, you know, you had Thibel to um, take reps, or take minutes on him from time to time. Once they did that, everything else kind of slowed down for them, too. Because Trey Young wasn't just getting into the paint whatever the fuck he wanted, and and and, and swinging the ball to shooters, and you know and and starting and, and starting the actions where you know you, you get past Danny Green, you draw a second defender, then it's four on three, and the ball is moving faster than the players do. Once they they put Ben Ben Simmons on him, that that's been a wrap. Like Trey has been way less effective, and the Hawks' offense has been less effective. So. I, I think the gap between the two te- the two teams is considerable, and it shows, especially when you have Simmons or Matisse Thibault guarding Trey Young, and you can't just and Trey Young can't just run up and down and draw fouls and have a good time and get all of his teammates involved and have a fucking party. That's done, and that series will be done too soon. Give it two games, in my opinion. Um, in the Western Conference. The, the Suns and Nuggets, I don't really feel like spending too much time on this because that, that series just, it speaks for itself if you watch the games. Look, the, the, the Nuggets got me and you in the backcourt. It was always going to be tough sledding. Like, you give Jokic a lot of credit because he's that good. But you have, you don't have any, like, legit, real deal starting back, uh, starting guards on your team right now because all of them are hurt. Do I think do I think they'd win even with those players? No, but I think it'd be competitive at least. It might be two two for all we know. I mean, well, two one for all we know, and, and the Nuggets could have tied it up. Or like now, it's, it's headed to a sweep. And there was a video on Twitter yesterday. I'm recording. I'm I'm recording this on Sunday morning at three o five a.m. There was a video of of um, a Suns fan fighting a Nuggets fan, and he 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 beat the brakes off him. And then, and, then, and then he's like, sons in four. It's like, man, just when you think you've seen everything, you see somebody beat up another guy and then tell him that his favorite team is going home the next game that they play. Tough, tough scene. Either way, that this series is going a lot like that fight did, sons over the Nuggets, and I and I think that goes four. Um, the final series, the Clippers and the Jazz. I don't know what it is about Paul George in Utah, but, man, he needs to see somebody about that shit because it's crazy. Yes, Paul George has an uneven playoff history. I, I think, I, I think the playoff piece stuff and the jokes and st- is kind of overblown because he brings it on himself, and he kind of, at least publicly, he doesn't really take accountability for his bullshit. 
Like, he'll say stuff like, oh, we're not scared. Like, never, I got to play better. Like, he'll say stuff on podcasts, like, Doc didn't run me off enough. I mean, I have a lot of, I have a lot of umbrage with Doc Rivers as a coach. I think he's wildly overrated. But still, it's not a great look when you blow a three-run lead and, you're, and your first inkling is to throw the coach under the bus who got fired. That's just not, it's not a great look. So I think he brings some of it on himself. But the thing is, when you look at his actual numbers and you look at most of the games, he's been a garden variety, really good playoff performer. Like, nothing great, nothing out of this world, but a good one. Like, you look at the numbers, him and Dame, him and Damian Lillard, who was championed as King Clutch, aren't that, aren't that dissimilar. Like, the numbers are very similar in the playoffs. So, I, I don't think Paul George is some bad playoff performer. Here's the issue with Paul George. For most of us who have good sense and don't let narratives run our form our opinions and don't let noise form our, form our, our opinions from game to game Paul George gives you either a top 10 player in the NBA ceiling I'm talking about playoffs playoff game from playoff game to playoff game Paul George either gives you a top 10 ceiling or a what the fuck why is he on the floor floor that's the problem like, Paul George could score 35 points in a game, or he could score four, and nobody would be surprised. That is the issue. Like, even, like, the superstars, the megastars, they got they have bad games, too. And, I mean, we, we've seen LeBron score eight points in the, final game, the finals game, for example. Like, we've seen it. Guys have bad games. I'm not disputing that. But with Paul George, those low-floor games happen more than you... More than, um more than you think they should for somebody that good and that accomplished so while while I don't think he is a choke artist and I think a lot of the jokes are kind of overblown there is definitely something to be said about his general reliability because you can't really rely on him like that either way he cooked in game 3 I, I don't even it felt like he had a million points I'm not sure how many he did actually have but he he set the tone for the Clippers like he was very good in the first half you know, Kawhi kind of took over in the second half, and, and and they got a well-needed game three win. I still think the Clippers are going to win that series. Toronto seemed to take the first two games of of the series and and just dick around and then actually coach. So that's a pretty interesting thought process there. But um, he seems to take to take the first two games just fuck it, whatever. We we just out here, we just playing. We just having a good time. We we gonna see what they do and then adjust. Which, I mean, good for them. And they started sending random traps to Donovan Mitchell, aggressive, hard traps to Donovan Mitchell, and saying, hey, your, your other teammates are going to have to beat us. And maybe the Jazz, maybe the other Jazz players will beat them. Maybe. It's possible. I mean, they, they have, a, they have Joe, Joe Ingles is a really good player, really good shooter. Jordan Clarkson's a really good shooter. Royce O'Neal's a really good shooter. They got people. So maybe that strategy doesn't work. But it worked tonight. It sped the Jazz offense up, and it didn't look like the Jazz were completely prepared for that. I wonder what the counter is going to be. Like maybe maybe they run Mitchell off the ball more, because not only were they trapping him, but they had Kawhi Kawhi on him for a good portion of the game. So maybe they run him off the ball more. Who knows? I'm interested to see Game Four of that series. As I said, I still think the Clippers win the series. But also, Donovan Mitchell's a baller. Like, I'm not going to lie. I tend to undervalue score only. 
calling him score only is really not right. So I'm going to stop doing it. But but guys who are perceived or were perceived, fair or not, as score first, score second types. I think that's the that's the more fair way to put it. So I tend to underrate those guys. I won't lie. I, I seeing seeing Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell this year has kind of changed my mind on that topic because though I feel like those guys, especially in a in a playoff setting, are very valuable. Guys who can get one who can get whatever bucket they need to get one on one in a playoff setting are very very valuable, and you don't necessarily see that when they're developing bad habits on a losing team. Now, that that doesn't apply to Mitchell because he's been on a good team pretty much the majority of his Utah stay, right? But Devin Booker was on some really awful Phoenix team. Then you develop bad habits because naturally, when, you, when you're losing 65 70% of the time, you're going to develop bad habits. That That's natural. He's human. But he's a baller. And I, I feel like um, a lot of that team got Chris Paul's competitive nastiness and pettiness. Which I could appreciate. How they mocked LeBron when they when when they got him up out of the playoffs is kind of an example of that. Even though that's that's less about basketball, more about just being clowns. <laughs> like I enjoyed it, but you know what I mean. But Mitchell's a baller, and he injured himself at the end of Game Three. I hope he's okay. But uh, I still expect the Clippers to win that series. Uh, let's say let's say in seven, I'll, I'll be safe. And say the Jazz get one more, and then the Clippers win in seven behind Kawhi Leonard and sometimes playoff P. Before we get out of here, I'll, I'll just spend a couple minutes talking about the Yankees. Um, this week it seemed like the bats finally came alive. I don't know why. I don't know what cons- coincided with it, but the bats seem to finally like they're hitting home runs again that's cool they're hitting the ball hard again that's cool i mean they, they've been hitting the ball hard they've, they've just been hitting the ball on the ground to be fair but um it seems like the offense has, has turned a bit of a corner now obviously next week they could come out and they could score two two one three two one and two runs and, and we're all we're having the same conversation we've been having the whole year about how the, how the offense is non-existent the, the Yankees are seven and a half games out of first. I'm not. I'm not going to say it's definitively time to um, kiss the division goodbye. But the likelihood of them winning the division is a lot less than it was when the year started. Let's call it what it is. They're, they've dug themselves quite a big hole, and they're behind three teams. It is what it is. Like there's no two ways around it. Can they still win a division? Yes. Can the Yankees go on a heater and smoke everybody for the next three four months and win a division? Yeah. I, I don't doubt them on that front. But that's not the most likely thing in the world. The Yankees need to concern themselves with getting right, health-wise and performance-wise. And on the pitching front, the, uh, things just don't look that good for them. I mean, Domingo Herman, as much as I, I don't like him for off-the-field reasons, um, he's been very good since he since he um, he came back from his demotion. He's been very good. Gary Cole is. Gary Cole cheating or not, cheating or cheating, Jesus, or not, spider attack or not, Gary Cole is going to be Gary Cole. Jameson Tyone is more or less a five-starter. Like, the underlying numbers, the advanced numbers say he's actually been pretty good. But there's only so far that you could get on those. And as much as I am a, a very much a process over results kind of guy, because, especially in baseball, because it's not as cut and dry as, hey, basketball, make shot, miss shot. Football, score, don't score. 
you know, baseball, the process matters because sometimes people do get lucky and then sometimes people do get unlucky. Apparently, James Tyone's been getting unlucky. I think the stuff is pretty good. I, I, I don't know about his secondaries. I, I don't know what the numbers say. This is just my very, un, my very surface level opinion. But the secondaries are what concern me about Tyone. His fastball's great. His forcing fastball is excellent. Now, I just don't know about the other stuff. Like, what is he? What What is the other stuff doing? Like, Corey Kluber was good before he got hurt, but he got hurt, and he's thirty five. You don't You don't know how that's gonna go. How he's gonna come back from it? Is he gonna go back on IO? Luis Severino hurt himself today rehabbing. He hurt his groin. He's gonna get an, He's gonna get an MRI later today. I fear the worst. That beat goes on. We know the Yankees and their fucking injuries. Uh, Jordan Montgomery is solid in the number three-ish kind of way and in the very hard-to-watch kind of way because all he does is fucking nibble. Now, he ain't Blake Snell, where Blake Snell, all Blake Snell does is nibble while throwing fucking 97 with a hammer curve and a great slider. I don't know what his deal is, but Jordan Montgomery nibbles because he has to nibble. If he doesn't nibble, he's going to get absolutely murdered on the mound. So, understood, but you know he's a solid starter. Could could the Yankees win a World Series with their pitching rotation as it is? Yes. I firmly believe that, right? Do they probably need reinforcements? Also, yes. I mean, the year that they traded for Sonny, Sonny Gray and Lance Lynn, and Sonny Gray flopped, and Lance Lynn kind of got... Shaft, I'm not, shaft is probably not the word for it. Um, I, I think he got unfairly viewed while he was here. I thought he was pretty good, but... You know he he had a he had a shitty appearance against the Red Sox in, in the playoffs and nobody's forgiven him for it apparently I don't know but uh, acquisitions like that could probably help the Yankees this time around too and I understand that Jamison Tyone was supposed to be one of those and that so far hasn't really worked um but we're gonna see what to do with the pitching the hitting is coming around I'm so glad that 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 Gary has played well. He 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 has like an a thousand OPS in his last whatever fifteen games played. Happy for him because a I love Gary and b I don't want to see the backup. Um, because I I know Kyle Higashioka is Johnny Bench to the fucking Yankees fan base, but I want no parts of him. I want no parts of seeing him every day because he's not very good. He is a fucking thirty year old lifetime backup for a fucking reason. Let him catch his cold starts because cold. He might be cold supplier or whatever. He, he brings cold to good shit. Let him catch cold starts. That's it. Gary should be starting the majority of the games until he reverts back to 2020 Gary or whatever the fuck bad Gary you want to bring to me. But I mean, the Yankees offense seems to be coming around. DJ, DJ's actually, DJ actually hit the ball in the air a couple of times this past week, which is a miracle for, for, for the 2021 version of him. Um, I'm confident in the team. It has not been pretty this year. It hasn't. Um, the hitting has been dog shit the majority of the year. Can't argue any of that. But to me, the talent is just too great to overlook. And I, I, I'm a Yankees since I've been an adult. Call it ten years. I'm 33 years old. I, and I mean, I, this says a lot about me and the and my relationship with the sport as a whole. But I don't give a fuck about June baseball or May baseball or April baseball. If the Yankees are still fucking doing this shit in August, then I'll panic. 
If the Yankees are still doing this shit in the three games over 500 in August, then I'll panic. I'm not doing that now. Not, not in June. And not with the team actually showing positive signs of turning it around. That makes me a, 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 um, a Kool-Aid drinker, I get. I, I, maybe. I mean, I'm, I'm optimistic about the Yankees because all the Yankees have done in my life is win. All they've done in my life is win. All they've done in my life is make the playoffs. They've missed the playoffs, I think, three times in my fandom, and that's 25 years. They finish over 500 every single year in my fandom. Like, I have confidence that they will figure it out. The roster is good enough. The players just got to go out there and do it. Before I get out of here, I I would like to implore you to listen to the Middle Initial Podcast on the Ascension Podcast Network, which I'm also a part of. The Middle Initial Podcast is Jude Jackson and Andrew L. Case. They speak about current sports topics and I, yours truly was on the last episode so go check that out rate review and subscribe and you can check out the um, the podcast and know what I asked for with Kyle Paulie and Jordan they talk about current pop culture topics rate review rate review and subscribe for that one too um, that is my time that's all for me um, listen rate review and subscribe for this podcast as well and I will see you when I see you